Five, four, three, two, one. This is flashback. Now, here comes the music. Something more befitting a man of your education. Get the situation under control, gentlemen. And now, from an undisclosed location, for good reason, it's the Midlife Crisis Show, starring Elliot Kleiner and Peter Applebaum, recorded live and unscripted, but then carefully edited. Okay, how do you follow up sex? How do you follow up sex? Okay, you can have a cigarette. Or, or you can drive home. That's right. And what we're talking about is... I always said to my boys, if you're not in bed by 12 o'clock... Come home. I'm sorry, let's get back to the subject. Topic of the day. Today, after we've done middle-aged sex, and you wonder where twice, it is that you're going... Twice. twice and you said, ladies, we couldn't do it, but we did. Twice. A double header. Oh. Okay. Where do you go from there? You hit the road, Jack, and we are talking traffic and driving and all the things that go wrong behind the wheel. Because we think... We are the best drivers on the road and everyone else is an idiot. Well, who else are we talking to today? I know we've got, uh, we've tried to bring so many different sides of the spectrum of of, uh, drivers in to give us their opinions. We're talking to, uh, we've got an expert. Who's the expert? We're speaking to Ian Luff, who is a motivational driving expert, someone who who runs a company that is called Drive to Survive. And I think you've got a far more eloquent way of putting it, Ian. What, what did you say about everyone else on the road? Well, everyone on a daily basis is competing in the Dickhead 500. <laughs> and, 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 and they're all out there. Uh, and one could say in a very loose way that Ian Luff is the driving instructor's driving instructor. But the truth is that he's actually even more than that. If you want to, he's forgotten more about driving than most of us know. But then we've got the more practical driving experts. We are going to hear from Uncle Leon. Uncle Leon is everybody's favourite taxi driver, and boy, has he got some stories. I pull up. The light's gone full red. He's gone through. He's gone through the next red light as well. (laughs) He's done a double. And I pull up next to him at the third set of lights. And he's on his phone, and he looks at me. Yeah, what's up? What can you do? He's got some stories, and what a character. So we'll be bringing him in as well. But, you know, these are arguably driving experts. We can do we can do more. Well, what's more, what's more is that we need to speak to someone who clearly has no idea how to drive. So, of course, we're speaking to a millennial. We're bringing in a millennial, but let's just qualify it further. A P-plate millennial. Oh. But let's make it even, even sweeter than that. And this is where it gets completely inappropriate. Okay, we're bringing in a millennial P-plate female okay. driver. He went there. Right. He went there. Uh, she's going to be talking about her friends mm, that do certain she, things behind because, the wheel. Because she, of course, is an excellent driver. She's the best. Which her I, name is Joanna. Which always makes me think of Dustin Hoffman in Rayman. Excellent driver. I'm an excellent driver. Excellent I'm an excellent driver. driver. Aquinas. Buses. We get it. Get you ri- have right of way. We understand. But look. They do have the little sign on the back. I can see you turning my volume down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are getting just a little excited. You're getting a, you're getting a bit uh, a bit, a bit out of control here, Joe. It's a touchy topic. Not to be outdone. And, of course, to bring some balance to the entire thing, 
we're going to hear from an ex-highway patrol policeman, uh, Senior Constable Michael, who uh, who is also now a lawyer. <laughs> I saw a few happen in my revision mirror, but I don't believe I was a part of them. Is that like, I want to die in my sleep like my grandfather, not like the people in the car screaming with him? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to cover this topic really, really well. And don't forget, we have we have righteousness and verbiage to burn, EK. I've got a lot to say about people's driving. And we're hoping that most of that is going to be edited out. So let's get into it right away. And I've got some appropriate music to kick it off. Let's go. It's intimidating introducing Ian Luff because he's he's a man of many parts and all of them are very impressive so he runs an organization called Ian Luff Motivation Australia uh, and we've actually called him in, in doing our research the, the and hopefully you don't take this as an insult Ian the driving instructors driving instructor well you know titles are cheap I've been called many things in my life and uh, I guess you could sit back and say my whole life is all about um, being driven um, and being driven to success whether that be, you know, in the form of making people better, safer drivers or working with people in the corporate audience to get better performance out of their uh, day-to-day efforts. No, I know a lot of people uh, who are probably listening are thinking, hang on a minute, that guy sounds familiar. And if you look at the webpage, ianluff.com.au, you'll see the face and you'll go, I know that guy. He is the face that pops up on uh, news magazine TV fairly frequently as kind of one of our the country's leading authorities on the subject that we're covering today, which is the stupid stuff that people do when they get behind the wheel of a car and I've always said whenever there's an accident it's not an accident it's negligence and you can usually blame it on the nut holding the wheel well you get no argument from me we know statistically (laughs) that 95% of crashes can be attributed as you said to the nut behind the wheel people have to take responsibility for their own actions and I hear that time and time again because we're not in the business of teaching people how to do reverse park three-point turn or a hill start they're the basic requirements that the government still make people do to get a driver's license, which really makes the whole system a joke because you don't see too many people getting killed doing a reverse park or a three-point turn. So, you know, the government have got the whole system half about, and if we're serious about reducing the road toll, you've got to look at driver competency or that dirty word, skill. But as they say, skill, it is a dirty word, and, you know, let's go to the correct term, competency, meaning do it better. So, Ian, what do you, what would you think? And you have enormous experience from a, a safe driving point of view. What is the most stupid thing you have ever seen done on the road? Depending on how much time we've got, before <laughs> we get brief. I've, I've seen some I've seen some fairly amazing things on the road where you shake your head, and I'm sure a lot of um, your listeners would too. But you know, I, I I think sort of probably you know you know people driving along with their little pet chihuahua sitting on their lap they're kind of forgetting that there's an airbag in between the dog themselves that comes out at over 240k. So if we want to splatter the pooch, I mean, that's just really dumbass behaviour and, and highly risky. But, it, you know, people cruising around with the eastern suburbs with the uh, little pooch on their lap think it's pretty too cool for school. Well, maybe they never really liked that dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it could become a hot dog very quickly. <laughs> squashed between two buns. But, yeah, I mean, right. people just don't understand the consequences of, uh, of bad behaviour. And look, the biggest one that everyone could, could relate to 
is tailgating. You know, people in Sydney in particular, they've got this incredible desire to sit right on the back of a car in front. Now, factor in driver reaction, all of those things, it's any wonder that 30% of crashes are people running up the arse of the car in front because uh, wow. they're going to tell you, but if I, if I leave space, people will steal the road off me. Yeah, and that people are worried about real estate. I don't want to give an inch. And, oh, well, you know, um, if there's a yeah. gap between me and the car in front, then God almighty, somebody might merge into that gap and make me three milliseconds later for my appointment. You've hit that out of the ballpark and and that comes back to driver behaviour. And what you're saying is downright un-Australian. You're basically destroying the whole victim, victim mentality philosophy that seems to permeate Australia at the moment. Yeah, well, look, I mean, unfortunately, you know, people on a daily basis are competing for survival on our roads, and that's why our brand Drive to Survive, as when I stand up doing keynote presentations, I say, do you like the name Drive to Survive? It beats the alternative. I mean, I've never met any human being that wakes up and said, hey, today's a great day to go and crash the car and see if we can end up in a wooden box. So that's tragically why they're called accidents. Absolutely right. I mean, I've got some pretty strong opinions about this, and I'm really happy to have you on the show because I know that on so many of these points, you're going to agree with me, and that happens so very seldom <laughs> that, that I get a, you know anybody on the show that agrees with anything I say. So this is marvellous. But one of my biggest contentions is the system that we have in this country of young first-time drivers putting the old plates on the car and being taught by mum and dad. Mum and dad, in most cases, are probably teaching very, very bad habits that they were taught to do and have been doing very, very badly for many years also. So all that we're doing is taking the stupidity and the, the poor driving skill and then permeating it into another generation so that they will then carry on that tradition. I don't think we're getting any improvement. No, look, you, you go to the top of the class for that one. It's uh, 10 out of 10. But uh, you're right. I mean, unfortunately, culturally, or what we call a driving culture, is handed down from generation to generation. Now, if we go back to older cars, pre-power steering, 1970, the old HQ Holden is a good example, you had to do what they called the Hendon system or push-pull steering because you had to go push, 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 pull, pull, pull to go around a corner. If you try that with a new modern vehicle with electronic speed-sensitive power steering, you're probably going to mount the footpath at the nearest lamp pole because the vehicle requires less steering effort and a different steering technique. So the same as braking, with ABS braking, we still get people teaching, um, you know, sort of um, pulse braking, you know, cadence braking, you know, wax on, wax off grasshopper. And, and it's ridiculous. So unfortunately, parents are well-intentioned, but you're right, they're passing on inappropriate and unsafe information to their offspring. I always say, assume everyone else on the road is an idiot. And I think you've got a far more eloquent way of putting it in. What, what, what did you say about everyone else on the road? Well, everyone on a daily basis is competing in the dickhead 500. And, 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 and they're all out there. And I mean, you know, if you don't, you know, don't take offence at that there, but you know, it's a good Australian vernacular. There are a lot of dickheads on our road that are trying to crash into you. Oh, so you're so right. I think in all honesty that, you know, for way too long, there's been this big emphasis on speed. You know, that we get their messages, speed kills, how fast are you going now, slow down. Now, that's an absolute because if someone's driving in an 80k zone doing 80, they're actually speeding. They're travelling 22.22 metres a second. If you snot the back of the government bus because you weren't paying attention, there's a real good chance you're going to end up in a wooden box irrespective of the car that you've got because we aren't designed to be crash dummies. So the government have got it all wrong saying that speed kills. I mean, 
it's inappropriate speed for the conditions. If it's pissing with rain, thick pea super fog, that's going to change the dynamics of the vehicle, the driving environment. So we've been conned, and honestly, look in New South Wales, 185 million out-of-speed cameras. It's a pretty good ka-ching, ka-ching way for the government to earn revenue. So, Ian, if you're in charge, the first day, make Sydney roads or Australian roads safer. I would first of all, from a cultural point of view, implement driver safety program like a, uh, a, a driving course that we do with some of the schools in Sydney and driver education as a subject as opposed to something like two-unit math. You know, for somebody who has been pushing the message that you've been pushing for as long as you have, you never seem to have lost one iota of energy. You've still got the fire in your belly for the subject, and that's quite admirable. Well, look, I believe that passion is an amazing thing, and whether that's motorsport, you know, which is sort of um, all about winning success, you know, people have to have belief in themselves. And when it comes down to driving a motor car, most people don't think about it. They get the old automatic engage, do for dream, drive down the road and go, I can't remember how I did it because they're using drive time as think time because of the busier lines that we do. So it's any wonder the roads are a much more dangerous place than what they used to be. Well, hopefully as a result of uh, talking to us, Ian, there's going to be some more people out there thinking before they get, in, get into their car for the Dickhead 500. Well, look, you summed it up perfectly. Our slogan is, a thinking driver is a surviving driver. If you're driving down Parramatta Road, the Pacific Highway, or wherever, the geography doesn't change. But if the brain is engaged with something else, thinking of the cornflakes you had for breakfast, you know, your sexual exploits, or whatever you want to sort of think about, I mean, driving is a serious subject, but most drivers in this country, sadly, due to the culture, we just see it as a right and not a privilege to have a driver's licence. That's absolutely true. People do think it's a right. And we've all seen weird stuff. I, I know driving to uh, to my office on the freeway, I've seen people having bowls of cereal at the wheel in an 80k zone doing more than 80. I've seen people... And with they lap- were the ones thinking about cornflakes. They were. Uh, we've got people who had open laptops on the steering wheel that were doing emails while Seriously? they were driving. Yeah, I've seen it. Wow. We've, we've got people driving with their knees on the wheel so that they can adjust their makeup in the mirror. Yeah, well, the sad reality is that sort of all of those distractions that you've just alluded to, and it is a distraction, which means that the focus or the brain power is focused on some other subject apart from driving. Now, you don't have to have a, uh, a rocket science degree to figure out very quickly that you've just increased your own personal risk factor um, by a multiple of, of hundreds. So um, people, as I said, just um, because modern cars are so easy to drive, we've got all the latest five-star safety features, and as I touched on before uh, about the dog on the lap, if people actually saw the effects of an airbag being deployed, I mean, minimum speed's about 240k, so if you've got your McDonald's cappuccino up to your lips, I think fast food's going to take on a new meaning because <laughs> airbags aren't user-friendly. It's absolutely true. And what you said is something that follows through to the people who don't realise or don't care that kids under the age of 12 are not allowed to be sitting in the front seat in front of an airbag because when that airbag deploys, it'll take their head off. Well, what you just touched on is right. Only the other day I saw an unsuspecting mum driving down in a beautiful uh, European uh, performance car and here was the daughter with both feet up on the dashboard. Now, I've seen you know, photographs from the morgue of what the consequences are of doing a 240 kilometre an hour chin up or knees up Mother Brown, and it wasn't a very pleasurable sight. It was naturally a fatality, and airbags can be deployed you know, as, as low as 60 kilometres an hour. So you know, people just have to realise that, um, that the behaviour of what they're allowing people to do, and it's the same as um, a lot of women, and I'm not being sexist in this, where they feel it's better to have the um, the seatbelt under the arm and under the under their uh, under their right boob if they're driving. Now, 
you know, seat belts are designed to be across the body, not under the arm, because in a crash it actually becomes counterproductive and will do incredible damage to that person's anatomy. Well, you've left us speechless, Ian. I'm still thinking about how a seatbelt goes under a boob. So am I. <laughs> well, that person's keeping abreast of rope. Oh, oh, there it is. Hey, you've led us into our little segment at the end of every one of our guest interviews like this, and, and this is wonderful. So we're going to get it light real quick with this. And you fit into our demographics, so we're going to ask you questions without notice. Are you ready? I'm ready. Pete's okay. going to give you the first okay. one. Okay, question number one. What happened to you this weekend that reminded you that you're middle-aged? I had to um, uh, wash my underpants. <laughs> I think we should leave that one well alone. Does that have anything to do with driving hard? Um, yes. Next, next question. <laughs> Plus or minus how many kilos to your ideal weight? Ten. Ten. Okay, that's an honest answer. Yes or no, do you use products to mask grey hair? Yes. Very honest. How many <laughs> teeth are missing or have been replaced? One. Okay, this is alarmingly honest, Ian. You, we're used to most people uh, trying to avoid the truth, but we can handle the truth, and you obviously know that. Okay, what physical activity do you do that you probably shouldn't? <laughs> at, we'll, we'll, quali- we'll qualify that um, at your age. Scratching my nuts in public. <laughs> we know, Ian, you're doing it right now, aren't you? Um, well, it's, you know, I've got this strange addiction. <laughs> That's why they call it stranger danger. Exactly. <laughs> okay, and this is the last one. What do you miss most about the good old days? Being able to scratch your nuts in public. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no law against that. It's still, uh, it's still kosher, but my wife keeps reminding me it's not cool. Um, I, look, I, I just miss uh, old-style motor vehicles, you know, your 66 Mustangs and all that kind of stuff. You know, the 64 EH Holden, they had really good style about them. Completely unsafe vehicles, we know. But I just think it was the uh, the era that um, I've been fortunate to live through that um, a lot of young kids have no idea. They're just living in this uh, new techo world and uh, who knows, before we know it, the steering wheel will be replaced with the joystick like PlayStation. I agree with you. Fast and the Furious has a lot to answer for. But, you know, for me, it was a 68 GTO Le Mans. You're like Smokey and the Bandit. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, those are the Firebirds. Uh, yeah, very similar. There's exactly. been no year after 1985 for Elliot, you see. That's one of Elliot's crises. Not with cars, not with music, <laughs> not right. with fashion, not with haircuts. <laughs> I'm stuck. Don't spend too much time looking behind you because then you won't be moving forward and that's the most important thing. But Life does move forward. We all have a birthday once a year. Mine's the 27th of November, so... Send me more undies because I probably need it. (laughs) (laughs) And from Ian Luff, there it is, moving forward. But make sure it's at a safe distance without anything in front of the airbag and uh, (laughs) and under the speed limit with both hands on the wheel. Are we still speaking about undies? Ian, it's been really great having you on the show. We appreciate your time and your wizardry of knowledge. Can we come back to you at another stage in case this subject comes up again? Look, I'm I'm sure it's a a fantastic subject. Everyone is mobile either as a driver or a passenger. And if people actually think about it as a passenger, you're putting your life in someone else's hands. That's probably a good way to finish. But, yeah, love to come back. And uh, and we can talk about some of the uh, amazing things that I've seen happen uh, in the front seat and the back seat of motor vehicles. Ah, well, there's a good subject. That's a great subject. Exactly. Front and back seat with Ian Lush. Um, <laughs> and I want to tell our uh, listeners to, uh, to go and have a look at your website where there are several different uh, sectors of great interest. 
uh, and it's Ian Luff with two Fs, .com.au. We're going to put those links on our Facebook, on the Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, and our website with fabulous pictures of the face of Ian Luff so that you can see exactly who it is we've been talking to on the Midlife Crisis show today. It's not a midlife crisis. I believe it's a turning point for another journey and it's another race called the human race and to finish first first you've got to finish you've spouted so many great catchphrases i know it's like wow (laughs) well i'm the i'm the i'm the cliche man (laughs) the cliche king you know you ring i bring (laughs) 1-800 love man (laughs) (laughs) okay love man thank you so much ian you've been fantastic really enjoyed it see you guys all the best see you mate thank you We are welcoming a very special guest into the show for the very first time, and this is not going to be the last time, I guarantee that. His name is Uncle Leon, and Uncle Leon is everybody's favourite taxi driver. Welcome. Thank you. While we're talking to Uncle Leon, I think I'll throw an appropriate piece of music on behind us. Not Tijuana Taxi, Yeah, the very one. Absolutely (laughs) Tijuana Taxi. What is the status of drivers on Sydney roads at the moment? Just yesterday, a truck driver on King George's Road, I pull up, the light's gone full red. He's gone through. He's gone through the next red light as well. (laughs) He's done a double. And I pull up next to him at the third set of lights. Because he he didn't have anywhere to go. But he couldn't. (laughs) He didn't want to. He couldn't physically get through. And he's on his phone, and I look at him, and he looks at me. What's up? What can you do? You gave him, you gave him a serious glare. Yes. From which he should have learned his lesson. Okay, so yeah. Uncle Lee, you've given us the problem. What is the solution? There is no solution to it. It is only going to get worse. Okay, so the solution, perhaps, could I? We're just spitballing here. Yeah. Stay off the road. That's one solution. Yes. I've got another idea. Since you opened the spitballing door. Yeah. I think everybody who's on the road should own a paintball gun. And any time somebody misbehaves on the road, you shoot them with a paintball gun so that their car is marked and everybody else knows to stay away from them. But as long as the gun shoots spitballs. That's another option. Are we talking Los Angeles here? Well, I'm sure that Donald Trump would support my... Uh, the future President Trump, you mean. Uh, Don- Donald Duck, as Uncle Leon likes to Donald, call uh, Donald Duck's going to become the President of the US. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Uncle Leon. I think Hillary's got no chance, but that's another episode. We're back on the Sydney roads here. Yes. Now, that was just something that happened yesterday. Yes. And so, this, this happens all the time. Well, it's, it's, I reckon driving and coming up with these terrible stories, which, Uncle Leon, you're, you're subjected to them on a regular basis. It's a bit like the differences between men and women. It just is. You're always going to encounter idiots on the road. I say to my boys when I was teaching them to drive, just assume everyone else on the road is an idiot. I got a very funny incident. It happened just up the road here. Everybody knows which Hughes is- Avenue at Potts Point. Right? Just off King's Cross there. It's a one-way. It's been a one-way. I'm almost 70 years old, and it's been a one-way since I was a kid. Who knows for how long? So I turn down, and there's a car coming the other way. (laughs) And I sort of could, you know, squeeze over, and I saw this young girl was driving. Another millennial. Did she have her face on? Yes, she had the red peas on. Anyway, I pulled over, and as she's passing me, you know, very politely, I said, you know you're going the wrong way, up a one-way street. She said, get effed and mind your own business. I thought, 
Is that the attitude out there? But I tell you something, not that I want to put down all the young girls, but I've seen some horrific things done by young pea-plater girls. Mm. What about the guys, Uncle Leon? The guys seem to just want to speed. Yeah, exactly. They're petrol, right? petrol heads. They just want to go. But the girls, the girls will do all sorts of things. <laughs> so we're getting to an actually a deeper thing here, the, the, the gender divide. Men just want to speed. They just want to go. Mm. But girls want to, you know, do U-turns over little islands and they want to... I'll tell you something. A lot of people don't know the law. That's the point. Tell me something. Oh, the both of you. Hang on, we're here to ask the questions, Uncle Liam. What? I know, I'm <laughs> just, a, I'm just. This is outrageous. A, anyway, if you're driving behind a taxi, let's say down William Street here, right, and you're in the left lane, the taxi in front has got his vacant light on. Somebody sticks their hand out to stop it. Is it really necessary to bip the horn at the taxi driver? I wouldn't. Right, because but a hell of a lot do. That is a frequent stopping scenario. Okay, could happen at any moment. Well, I reckon taxi drivers are in a different breed altogether because the road is their office. Yes, we're sitting in, in a very nice, safe office here. The road is your office, so when you you're doing work, you're not there to have fun or to get from A to B. You get there to do work. That's right. But a lot of people think. We just should keep driving. We don't pick people up. We just keep driving. Got to tell you, though, <laughs> there's also, you know, there's a fair proportion of pretty bad drivers in the taxi community You as better well. believe it. You know, somebody listening from the Taxi Association will probably, you know, send me a nasty email about that. But the facts are the facts. You're a very good taxi driver. But I'm sure that for every one of you, there's a hundred, uh, you know, that uh, that not only don't follow the laws, but don't seem to know them. Well, they make their own laws. As and that comes back to your accountability the, bubble. They're it's like, the you dangerous know, ones. That's right. I'm in my car. I'm in my bubble. i got my hands on the wheel. And anything that happens outside the car is somebody else's business. You would have had your fair share of accidents. I have very little fender benders. Yeah, I've had a few. People have hit me. A couple of times I've, I've, I've gone up the, the back of people. One girl, I find out later, she just got the car back that morning. And she'd, she'd backed into a wall. And she did it on purpose so that they could claim the insurance from the from the taxi company. So people are actually out there. Women will do that. Oh. <laughs> forget, forget, no man will never do that. Forget racial stereotyping. That's gender stereotyping. Uncle Liam, that... But women will do that. Oh, you, that's a terrible thing to say. Women are made of sugar and spice and all things nice. Connivers. <laughs> Vixens. Yes. Can we actually Both point out that, that Uncle Leon's lovely wife is sitting right behind us? So Leon says that without any compunction of any repercussions. Yeah, but there goes dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and dessert, Uncle Leon. And dessert, that's yes. it. Have you ever been driving and talking on your phone and then you made a mistake, like you cut somebody off, but then you don't want to look like the idiot that was driving and talking on their phone at the same time, so you just throw it in your lap really quick and continue driving, like, what? No, I just didn't see him, not on my phone. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Have you ever done that? No? No? Oh, well, me neither. Joe, why is every other driver such a bad driver? Now, before we, we carry on, we're, we're speaking to Joe, and I want to qualify who Joe is. Joe, which is short for Joanna and not Joseph. Uh, <laughs> or Jolene. 
she represents a particular sector, a particular demographic within the driving community. The, the community that drives middle-aged people mad. <laughs> I have to agree. Now, this is a sweeping generalisation and I am tarring Joanna with the brush that I tar all P-platers and, and younger Gen Y demographic people with for the behaviour that they all share. So now what Joe is guilty of, along with all of her peers, is being a member of this group that drives down the freeway in peak hour at 20 kilometres an hour over the limit with one hand texting and uh, Instagramming, with the other hand drinking lattes, uh, steering with their knees and adjusting their makeup in the rear vision mirror at the same time while drifting between lanes and not caring. Fair or unfair, Joe? Unfair. Unfair about you or unfair about your peers? Oh. So you're basically saying it's worse than that. See, I'm not saying that you do this. I'm saying that a great many people in your demographic do. Okay, I have to agree. There it is. I do, I have to agree. Not me, though. So what are, your, what are, the, what are the offences that your friends are most guilty of that you've actually witnessed? I guess the phone's the main the phone. one. The yeah. phone is a big deal, right? It's, it's talking and texting and Instagramming and watching Kardashians. It is. Or Although it's only going to get worse next year because there's that new law coming out next year, right? Which is? No pee-platers are allowed to have phones at all, not oh, even in a cradle. Fantastic. Really? Not even? Which is going to make it worse because now you can't even have it on loudspeaker on the cradle. Mm. You're going to have to somehow try and be hiding it, which is well, going to take I, a look, lot more. I, so, I, I, there's no question about not having exactly, the phone, right? Exactly. No. <laughs> No, I mean, really? Come on, Joe, how important is the information that is being received or, or delivered that you need to imperil your life and those of others? I mean, obviously important enough, right? <laughs> like whose boyfriend kissed who? Yeah, and these are things you need to know right okay, there that, and then. That's what? actually a good point. So, Okay, so give us the top three things over the last week that you've talked about or te- – no, not you, of course, some of your friends <laughs> – Rabbit ears, air rabbit, or whatever they're called. Well, air I wouldn't air know because oh, it's not me on. doing it. So how would I know what they're talking about? But I suppose, like, if you're at work all day, right? You work all day. You don't really talk to anyone during the day. You finish work. You're stuck in traffic. By the time you get home, that's like an extra half an hour, and you've C- got to be out of the door in an hour. Can you throw an oh my god in there? It just it just fits. Oh my god! Exactly. <laughs> Tell me, what is the information about? Is it what you're wearing tonight? What are you eating? Yeah. At the what moment? time are we catching up? Where are we going? Where are we meeting? Can't you do that in one phone call? Yeah. While you're driving home to get ready. Has to be while you're driving. Yeah. Or texting. So oh. what a waste of that whole half an hour that you're stuck in traffic. Mm. Like especially in peak hour, it's like I can't believe I got to five thirty and I don't know what you had for lunch. Can you please send me a description <laughs> or a photo of what you had for lunch? And, I, and on the way into work, like it's almost nine o'clock and you haven't Instagrammed your breakfast yet. What is going on? And Joe, you know you can always listen to wonderful shows like the Midlife Crisis Show. I do, I do. And thoughts, comments, praise? Why well, again, I'd have to be listening through my phone, right? Yeah, but we don't put any vision up there and we don't require you to do anything with your fingers or hold the phone while you're doing that. You just start it and let it go and then you drive the car yeah, so that and you ex- concentrate. That, ex- that excuse is out the door. Okay, so Joe, so what we've discovered so far is that you don't do it because no. you are a law-abiding person. <laughs> I am. Of the millennial persuasion. I am. And what your friends do, supposedly unproven and unnamed (laughs) is that they break the law and endanger their lives and those of others well i mean 
I mean, that's a bit extreme. It's pretty black. And it's a bit, it's a bit dark, really. I don't it? think we've it gone is dark. extreme, right? Finally, we're okay. going dark. Well, let's go dark for a minute, but with facts, right? And I know this for oh a Oh, my God. Fact. When have facts ever entered this show? I know. Never let the facts get in the way of a good story. But sometimes, occasionally, a fact might pop up that could be helpful in the storytelling. And here's a fact about Joe. You were rammed. You I were rear-ended. Can we clarify that that was while I was in the car? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm talking about while you were driving the car, minding your own business with the phone in a cradle facing the other way with no intervention from you and your hands firmly on the wheel concentrating on the road with P-plates on front and back, somebody drove their car through you and wrote your car wow. off. Indeed they did and pushed me into another car. Wow. That was like a little sandwich. And who was it that a did Joe that? A Joe sandwich. Yes. There you go. <laughs> without, without relish. <laughs> What was it? Who was it? It was a... And why did they do it? It was a millennial on their phone. It was a millennial. I would safely assume she was on her phone because she did not see me at all. Total. You were stopped at a... Total bitch. Like a giveaway sign or a roundabout. So you were stopped, stopped, stopped. stopped while someone else was parking. So are you connected with her on Facebook or or Instagram now? No. Now that you met her? No. No. (laughs) She was probably Instagramming her coffee while she was driving her car through yours. I guess you could safely assume. And was she hurt? No. You were, though. Yes, I was. My back. Yeah, and you had to have lots of treatment for that, which is a real shame. Yeah. But you look okay now. Thanks. You don't know how she feels, (laughs) emotionally and physically. Yeah, I was traumatised. You don't don't get it. You got a much better car out of it. I laugh about it, but it was my first accident, so I was traumatised. Elliot's the cold, heartless one. I'm the kind, caring one. Talk to me. (laughs) This is not the good cop, bad cop show. But I guess but what's the difference between a P-plater being on their phone and a full licensed person being on their phone? Because they're better drivers, Joe. <sighs> Are they, though? The Are they really? Well, okay, that's I mean, arguable. that's debatable. It is. It really is arguable because some people, I mean, I remember I once had an argument at a set of traffic lights with an, a really old fella who, who wound up. If, if he was less than 60, you wouldn't have talked to him because no, he'd been too not. scared. <laughs> but if it, the fact that he was older than me meant that he was really old already. Right? <laughs> and he wound down his window and I said, don't you realise what you just did wrong? He goes, I've been driving for 57 years. So get stuck. Right? So don't you tell me. And all you I young, could, did he say you young whippersnapper? Nobody inferred that. <laughs> I was rather flattered at the time. That's but what right. I did say to him is, so for how many of those 57 years have you been doing it wrong? Oh, gee. Who 57 that years ago good. told you that that was, that good, was the right quick, thing? It was good, it was quick, but it was so unkind. <laughs> really, Elliot? That, that's a, an, an older person who deserves your respect. Actually, he does doesn't deserve your respect, but he deserves your pity. Look, okay, well, I'm happy to pity him. I'm, I pity the little old people on the bus for the fact that they have to get the bus, but I respect them for the decision that they realise that they shouldn't be driving mm. at their age. There is a point when you reach a certain age that somebody who loves you should be saying, Nana, it's time. That through those three words, at your age... Exactly. Nana, you don't do it so good anymore. It's a fast-pacey world out there. Fasty-pacey. I'm worried you're going to get hurt and you're going to hurt others. Let's get you off the road. So, Joe, as you were involved in this motor vehicle accident, I think you shouldn't have, should not be driving at your age. <laughs> Me? I wasn't at fault. Oh, my God. You totally were. Oh, my God. If you hadn't been there, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Exactly. They're, oh, sorry. I've just destroyed the studio. <laughs> Elliot, for once, has made a great point. Of course, it is. 
totes. What was I worried see, about? Totes. Yeah, see, I can talk. I can talk millennial. Joe totally gets me, right? Right? Totally. No, totes. <laughs> oh, totes. Sorry. Sorry. WTF, Elliot. What, WTF. What bothers you about other drivers? What do they do oh, wrong that, that upsets you? Where do I you? start? That's right. We've, start only, got, we've, only, got, think, we've only got five hours, Joe. Okay, well, let me begin because I've got a lot <laughs> to give you here. Number one. People who put on their indicators and think that automatically gives them the right to move. Just because you just put on your indicator, it doesn't mean you can move your car straight away. That's quite correct. That kills me. I totes agree with you. (laughs) Give me another one. Buses. We get it. You have right of way. We understand. But look, you still have to look. That is true. They do have the little sign on the back. I can see you turning my volume down. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are getting just a little excited. You're getting a, you're getting a bit, uh, a bit, a bit out of control here, it's Joe. It's a touchy topic. It's okay. very touchy. You're getting a bit emotional. We don't expect that sort of thing on this show. Uh, we we okay. want people to come in here and be calm and collected. What's the next one? People that drive too slow. That is just as bad as speeding. I agree with you. The if rain. You're... The rain's another one. The rain should be banned. I mean, when it rains, guys, you can still drive like normal people. She's really scary, Elliot. Where'd you find Ooh, her? I don't know. There's a, there's a school of thought that says that you should drive to the conditions and it's subjective as to what the conditions should make you do. I mean, if it's raining, you should increase the distance between you and the next car. If it's raining, you should give greater True. length of indication. True. But it doesn't mean that a 60 zone becomes a 20 zone when it's sprinkling. No, I agree with you. Joe, do you consider yourself an excellent driver? Oh, <laughs> In the Rain Man kind of way? My boyfriend would disagree, but I personally think I'm a great driver. So all you men out there, she's taken. <laughs> Is there anybody, Judge Judy style, that I can go into another room and ring that would disagree with you? So, dear listener, we actually have gone through Joe's phone book and called everyone to have a, get an, a, an objective. Okay, And we can't find anybody can't that find thinks any. she's a good driver. No, they all they are all so horrified by her driving, they just did not answer the phone. Some of them actually answered the phone and were so horrified at the thought that she was representing her own driving on the radio that they were refusing to talk they didn't want to support it they fainted they, they fainted they didn't want to be a part of it they, no i'm not going to be a part of that that's false it's misleading. No, and then they said on the radio what station and then we fainted <laughs> of course i'm an excellent driver you know how to drive yeah I'd like to welcome, in fact, we'd like to welcome Michael, who is a former Highway Patrol constable, senior constable, in fact, who is now a lawyer. So he has straddled both sides of the barbed wire fence. That sounds really painful. Well, straddled both sides of a barbed wire fence. He has a very high voice. Why would you do that? Not, yeah, I was going to say. That's not true. No, Michael has some very interesting insights, and we would like to welcome Michael. Thank you. Hello, Your Worship. <laughs> that's Mr. Worship. <laughs> <laughs> Or should I say constable, uh, ex-constable, or was it senior constable, or was it Sarge? Senior constable to you. Oh, my gosh. Just imagine that people driving cars do anything and everything. They eat breakfast. They shave. I can even remember once when we stopped someone for their manner of driving, and even though they were affected by alcohol, they were getting amorous behind the wheel. Getting by themselves? By themselves, yes. 
Well, no, there was a man and a woman in the car, mm. and they were um, just falling around. Well, come on, Michael. You haven't lived if you haven't got amorous while you're driving. Are we talking about resting her head with great affection in his driving lap? <laughs> yeah, a bit, uh, yes, that, that happened, but there was also a bit of petting. Heavy petting. God, I haven't okay, heard, heard It's that. one of those things you never forget. This, this was on the Pacific Highway at Linfield. But you've seen most of it, given the, your years in the force. Yes. And it seems to me that the standard of driving is not as high as it has been in, in the past. And I think it's because there's more distractions now for people behind the wheel, you know, people using telephones, people doing what we discussed, eating breakfast. I, I don't think that was common years ago, but I think, obviously, the way people are using phones, it, it's an epidemic out there. I think today's society is more me, me, me. They're very inward looking they concerned about themselves and i don't think there's enough care and affection for fellow man sometimes especially behind the wheel of a car i think you're right i think it's this attitude of entitlement that make them extend that i think i think in many cases the car winds up being an extension of people's personality which is why the people who are passive aggressive tend to be aggressive drivers because they it's almost like bullying online it's like trolls online they're much braver when they've got some kind of a a barrier preventing anybody else from being able to control their movements I would agree with that. Now, driving to the conditions, this is a term that keeps coming up. Now, most people assume straight away that when you've got to change your attitude towards your driving when the conditions change, that this is automatically just rain. It's not just rain. It's traffic, darkness, the environment that you're in in terms of the surface of the road. It can be the speed limit. It can be a hundred different factors. Also, you can add to what you just said, which is entirely correct is how the individual is feeling, whether they're tired, whether they're affected by alcohol, whether they're affected by drugs, what is in their life, what they're thinking about. I had a recent incident where I was going for a job interview and was thinking about the job interview, and I parked my car, got out, left it there, it was a manual, went to the job interview, came back, where's my car? Car's not there. It had rolled across the car park and collided with another vehicle because I wasn't concentrating on what I was doing. And you've got to understand that when you're driving a motor vehicle, it's something that can cause a lot of damage. This, I mean, I've always said there's no such thing as an accident. There's only negligence. I, I think that people use the word accident a little bit too loosely. Sure, nobody intends to have a car collision, but at the same time, there's an element of carelessness. On a lighter note, Michael, what are the what is as a police officer, what were the what was the funniest thing you ever saw on the road that obviously wasn't dangerous? Because you're a funny guy, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> funny strange or funny ha-ha? Oh, it doesn't matter. Both uh, both apply to the show. Being in the police force is a combination of <laughs> both. Exactly, exactly. You just see people overload their cars, you know, put things on the top of the car and wonder why they fly off. Probably mattresses are a thing you see on the top of cars all the time. The epidemic of scooters and motorcycles that somehow think the road laws don't apply to them when in fact there are a few more laws for them than there are for everybody else. He's outraged. Elliot's outraged. And pushbike riders. Pushbike riders, uh, there are more rules for them than there are for even drivers because they've got a whole bunch of extra set of rules that they're supposed to be following in addition to the road rules, but they follow none of them. When you see people riding around in thongs, and shorts and without gloves on i just cringe because if they come off and they don't realize that the funny thing is that the demographic is generally young males who ride motorbikes yes but i've noticed now that mostly women are riding scooters 
And yes, you see them in high heels, and that's fine. But as long as you are riding to the conditions and you're riding to your ability. Do you ever feel, from like a, from a human perspective, do you feel bad when you have to write tickets or arrest people that you really rather like? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> One interesting story was that we arrested a very attractive woman one night who was intoxicated for drink driving and anyway we went back took her back to the police station she was a very attractive woman and we still processed it just as normal anyway for whatever reason i was fingerprinting her and she said to me what star sign of you and i told her aries and she said to me look me straight in the eye and said our sex life would be fantastic. No. <laughs> she was pulling out the big guns. The she big could guns. pull out the big guns. It was too late. We were past that stage. Funny thing is, though, wouldn't it matter what star sign you said? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say to you what the tolerance... Well, I can probably tell you now, because it won't make any difference, because I'm out. But Not, not I, to your career, that's right. No, that's, but yeah. when I was in the police force, I would give people, depending on the circumstances, at least 15 kilometres leeway of whatever the speed limit was. So... When when people, you hear people say, oh, I got stopped for doing 61 or 62 or 63, I've never heard of anyone getting a ticket for that sort of speed. You can say poppycock, Michael. No, I was going to say something different. <laughs> don't forget, don't, you're not trying to tell me that the Highway Patrol police, are, some of them are actually human. No, it's not possible. Michael, don't, on, once man. the uniform goes on, all humanity disappears. <laughs> no, it's quite, it, as we discussed before, it's much easier to give someone a ticket and slow them down instead of having to go and knock on the door. But as we've discussed, there's some people who drive for many years and can never drive. Well, I think anyone who drives an SUV should be taken off the road permanently. <laughs> Well, remember when we were growing up, I think it was Morris's with bowling hats in the back. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, now it's changed. Well, There's one thing I want to point out to you. Yes, Mike. Is that there are many bad drivers out there, but have you ever met anyone who will admit they're a bad driver? No. Most go down the, the Dustin Hoffman, I'm an excellent driver, excellent exactly. driver. Exactly, yeah. but there's many people out there who some will never be able to drive. Well, that's why we entitled this particular episode, Why is every other driver such a bad driver? Because that's how everybody on the road thinks. The Absolutely. Mm. I think the 99 people out of 100 would say, oh, I'm a good driver, I'm a great driver. But I tell you what, out of that 100 people... I would say there's probably 70 of them who are very average. I just want you to know that you are talking to 1% right here. I am a great driver, and every other driver on the road when I'm on the road is an idiot. That's a very, very subjective opinion. It's actually been tested, uh, Michael. He's, uh, he is an excellent driver. Is he? In the Dustin Hoffman mould. <laughs> Fig jam. I've never Big been. Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never been in a collision that was my fault. Oh. Never, never oh. been in a collision. Caused yeah. a few. Yeah, exactly. But never been in one. Osifa, Osifa, it's not my fault, Osifa. I saw a few happen in my rear vision mirror, but I don't believe I was a part of them. Yeah. Is that like I want to die in my sleep like my grandfather, not like the people in the car screaming with him? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good lie. That's that's police black humour. Listen, before we go, we've got to give you the. We've got to subject you to the same unfortunate rigours of every major guest on our show. And you are a major guest, Major Michael. guest. And this is called Questions Without Notice. Okay. Being a lawyer, this is something you should be used to because we already know the answers to these questions before we ask them. But have we're you, have ask you them noticed anyway. I've gone very quiet? That's right. <laughs> and this is, look, it is worth saying, uh, Councillor, it is sub judice, so anything you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. Prejudice. In the, in the court it. of public opinion. It, it's, it is prejudice. It's, it's, Go ahead, that, fire this, away. 
say. This is if I don't answer, it's because a lot. Hello, hello, can't <laughs> hear you. bad line. Yeah, exactly. No, it doesn't work. We know you're on a landline, Michael. Yeah. Okay, number one. What happened to you this week that reminded you that you're middle aged? I had to run across the road quickly, so I didn't get run over, and my knees hurt. Oh, there it is. Plus or minus how many kilos to your ideal weight? 20. 20? You're 20 kilos underweight. Thank God, I'm underweight. Six, I'm six. I'm t- <laughs> I wish I was 20 kilos <laughs> underweight. Yeah, yes, that's right. I need to be 20 kilos heavier. Okay, so yes or no, do you use products to mask grey hair? No. Well, Definitely. that was a very forceful Definitely. no. In other words, he does. Next question. <laughs> Okay, so what physical activity do you do that you probably shouldn't? At your age. I'm not doing enough physical activity at all. Bending the elbow? Bending no, the knees? No, I need to start doing a bit of exercise because that's probably why I put on a bit of weight. Are you not burning off a few calories lifting those funny wigs onto your head? No, no, that's only for barristers, barristers. counsel. I was assuming. If I go bald, I'll probably have to become a barrister. <laughs> Just so I can wear a wig. Okay, Michael, final question. What do you miss most about the good old days? Just be able to play sport instead of having to watch it. Look, I, I as I say, I, I knew you when you were a lithe young man and you were a talented sportsman by heck. I don't know about that. Yeah, neither do I. I'm I, can't, <laughs> I can't believe you said by heck. <laughs> Michael, you've been insightful, you've been interesting, you've been intelligent. I was just going to say, you, you've managed to put a human face on the highway patrol. What are you doing? I'm trying to drive you to the stove. Oh my God. What have we achieved? From A to B and back again in style. And fast and in the wrong lane <laughs> and without indicating and going up the, the the wrong way in a one-way street we've seen it all we've done it all we shouldn't we've, we shouldn't have done any of it we shouldn't have been here in the first place we're grossly unqualified to be discussing what we discussed today however it's how never does, stopped us before i was going to say how does this differ from any other program that we've <laughs> ever done so we want your participation if you think that we're wrong about anything Get on the blower and tell us what you think. For those of you who are under 65, the blower is the telephone. In this case, we don't even need that. If you if you want to call the blower the the Facebook, we <laughs> go on the Facebook. Go on the Facebook and say hello. We type with two fingers and we'll <laughs> we'll do so. Hey, as we're we're up to we... two words a minute now, people. Don't laugh. <laughs> so that is the episode that that was. Where are we going next week? Well, next week we're going to be talking about ban the, the bum crack. Yeah, well, how much can you talk about bum crack? Do we call experts? Who the hell are we going to call about bum cracks? Is there such a thing? Do we have bum crack experts out there in the world? I reckon. Why the hell should we cover this topic? Where are we going to go with it? Because we don't know who we're going to talk to. We don't know what we're going to say. And that's all the more reason we should, because I reckon it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that is the most enormously dangerous leap of faith. (laughs) Such a leap of faith. Where are we going to go with this topic? What happens if there are no experts on bum cracks? Uh, Look, every woman out there is an expert on bum cracks. We do have no shortage of women who want to talk on this show. No, they may not want to talk about bum cracks, because many of them are ladies. Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. See, Bum so let's let ladies right, and gentlemen, searching. this is this is real time. Crack. Forget about sex, hair, and fat. Bum crack on Wikipedia. Oh. The page bum crack does not exist. Hold the phone. Hold the bum crack. Hold the face. Hold the cheeks. 
There is a Wikipedia no, entry I, I can called Buttock Cleavage Redirected from Builder's Bum. I think we've got enough material for a show. We totally have. Straight away. It's in. If Wikipedia it's in. is covering buttock cleavage, we have a show. Yep. Join us next week on the Midlife Crisis <laughs> Show for our episode on buttock cleavage. Better ban- known. As ban the bum crack. Ban the bum. Or, or, or improve it. Well, the way the young people do it is they have their pants halfway down their bum. So there's no crack. You get the full moon. That's right. The full moon. <laughs> It's a bad moon rising. Oh, my God. Is this a race to the bottom? We're winning. Oh, no. <laughs> At the very least, ladies and gentlemen, we have so many more opportunities for puns and double entendres. Well, we're going to see you next week. And we're going to have fun. See you then. <laughs>